Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 468. We came up with a mission statement, our way of life, we call it. And it's loyalty, integrity, family, and excellence. So it's, it's an acronym for these things. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Manfred Sharmack. Manfred, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. It's great to have you here. Manfred Sharmack is the CEO and president at Sharmack Enterprises in Tacoma, Washington. He oversees BMW Northwest, Northwest Mini, Seattle Mini, and the Northwest Pre-Owned Center. He is the only family-owned BMW dealership in the Puget Sound and one of the oldest BMW dealerships in the nation. The seeds of inspiration for his lifelong career spanning over four decades were planted by the entrepreneurial spirit of his father, Werner Scharmach, who founded European Motors and BMW Northwest way back in 1968. Manfred sits on the board of the LeMay Museum, America's Car Museum, and he's an SCCA Racing Certified Driver and he's built a 95 M3 race car that he's going to be getting out onto the track. And he's also an avid BMW collector. And I'm going to add that I've purchased, I think, it's six cars from you now, Manfred. Uh, I've always serviced my cars at your dealerships. Your your company's taken great care of me. And I uh, really have enjoyed the mark of both Mini and BMW. Manfred, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more before we get into the questions about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, we've been at this a long time and I'm you know, very proud of this operation. My family, uh, my father in particular, started this business, as you mentioned, and I followed in his footsteps here. And I tell you, it's been quite a ride. We've been so fortunate to get with a product like BMW early on. In 1968, it's one of the first dealerships here in the country and the longest family owned, uh, really. There's, uh, there's no one really left uh, like us out here. Yeah. And it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, I tell you, my dad uh, it's been a big influence on me. Uh, I've learned a lot in this business, and, and very proud uh, of our staff and what's going on here. Well, you should be. You know, I when I come to have my car service, and as you know, most people take their cars in for service, and it's like ugh, a dreadful experience. And I've made friends with uh, the service managers there, the salespeople there. I mean, all the great people. And then we bought my daughter Mini Cooper from you guys, and then a second Mini Cooper for her from you guys. 
the folks at that dealer took great care of me. So you do, you should be very proud. You've got an amazing operation going there and, and really a, a wonderful group of people. And I understand your daughter's working for you now too. Yes, yeah, she's uh you know, she went to Western and graduated uh, with a psychology degree, and I said, well, why don't you take a look at this position we're starting? It's called our Business Development Center. Uh, it's dealing with scheduling service and, and follow-up calls and such, and she stuck her head in there and got involved with it, and I tell you, she took it, taken to it very, very well and <laughs> has one of the, the premier operations uh, in the country that because uh, they rate us, they, they phone shop us, and oh, yeah. I tell you, they use her as an example of one of the better-run BDC. So she does a fabulous job there and, and very proud. It's just developed as something very valuable in this corporation. It's very cool, third generation. I love that. Well, Manfred, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Manfred, take the wheel. Well, thank you, Mark. I mean, the one thing that I heard and I learned when I moved into the, the management side of this business, and it was frustrating for me uh, early on, was being told and, and exposed to uh, the comment, good managers delegate. Mm. And that's what I had to learn being German and had my father's influences wanting to be involved with everything and micromanage everything. And as this company got bigger, I realized I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can try and I can, I can dive in and out of situations, but I had to understand that you need good people around. You need people that are, that are competent and you trust them. Mm -hmm. And so I really, uh, I, I, I cut loose. I, I put good people around me. We trained. We are very big on training here. By forward press training to get it done early as it's available for somebody. We try to have a, a very disciplined uh, agenda when people come to work for us to understand our vision and mission statements here. So I tell you, that's been the biggest thing for me to, to have the good staff and the people I trust to carry the message of this family business. Oh, it's so important. And for entrepreneurs listening out there, and I've been a victim of this as well, you're so picky. You're, you're so, we're all type A's. We want to do things the way we think is the best. And we just get in and sometimes kind of mess it all up and not let the people we've hired do their job. So it's a wonderful lesson to learn. So, so important. And when, my gosh, you've got four dealerships now and all this stuff going on. And I know Mini is doing a major rebrand right now. So that's got to have you guys very involved in that part of the dealership. So. I appreciate you sharing that message with those listeners in Cars Yeah land because uh, very, very important for them to understand, right? Yes, absolutely. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You know, you grew up with a dad that had a BMW dealership all the way going back to 68. That must have been pretty fun to go down to your dad's dealership. He also had European Motors. Was there a pivotal moment in your life when you really realized that you were a car guy? Well, I'm going to take you further back. When I was a little kid, my dad uh, was a mechanic. He worked on British cars for Sports Car Center. That was a, a dealership on the South Come Away that worked on Jaguar Triumphs and MGs, all of the, the British cars, uh, Jaguar. And occasionally, he would bring cars home. Maybe a little kid of maybe five, four, five, six. And he would bring a, like a Jag XKE home because cool. he's working on it. And, and it's sit in the driveway and I jump in that car and pretend I'm driving it. <laughs> I'd spend, you know, trans amount of time doing that, just getting exposed to these beautiful cars he's bringing home. Yeah. Oh, what fun. And then as I grew a little bit older, I wasn't allowed to sit around at home. He would say, hey, let's go to the office. Let's go to work. Uh, 
with me and he'd have me washing cars out in the back alleyway and then I got to you know I'm 11 or 12 I get to even drive a car from the back alley into the shop. Yeah. So I'm, I'm already driving. <laughs> Not very far, but he's got me driving. Yeah. And so that was uh, the point. He says, you know, I really love cars. Mm-hmm. I love to go on Saturdays with him, go go to work, and then um, come along and get my – one of my first cars was a little VW Beetle. <laughs> and I started tearing this thing apart, you know, working on it, yeah. uh, pulling the engine out. It's like working on a lawnmower of those cars. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. And at that time, too, is I was in this business from the wash rack. He had me working uh, in the shop on cars eventually. So I was a mechanic back then. He called mechanics back then. Now they're called technicians, which with great pride. But yeah. back then I was uh, you know, working doing uh, installing air conditionings and radios in the 2002s. They didn't come with air conditioning. So after school, I'd be in there installing air conditionings and got down to a fine science. Nice. So I just, just was getting my – myself under the hood of these cars that was just what i did i loved it yeah wow what an awesome story you know it's so cool and one of the things i've known you for gosh i think i've been buying cars from you for 15 years and i didn't know all that so that's that's really nice and fun to hear it's great you literally started from the back alley washing the cars and then worked your way all the way up which is awesome well yeah because it's you know this is why i think i get some Inherent respect here because I can walk around the store. So, because I used to work in the shop, I used to work in the parts department. Yeah. I worked in the sales floor. So, I've been everywhere through this operation back in a more simple time. But, yeah, but yes, I've been through all this. Very cool. What I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Now that I know that about you, something you're not afraid to do. I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you faced along the way. Building up car dealerships and going through all the ups and downs of the economy. I mean, there's got to be so many challenges that you face. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that particular situation and what did it teach you? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of challenges, Mark. I mean, in this business, uh, you know, the economy and the, the cycles we have. But I guess one of the, the ones that stick with me is when we had the opportunity to move from Lakewood. You recall we were on, on Bridgeport Way in Lakewood. Yeah, in the, way back. Yeah, but, an odd part of town for a car dealership. But this is our transition from moving from Olympia to Tacoma. And at that time, we were operating two stores, Olympia and Tacoma. And it took off, and we eventually closed Tacoma and, excuse me, closed Olympia and moved to Tacoma. And we have an opportunity. We're outgrowing the facility there. But again, this is on a very tough time. We were just coming off of high interest rates. And we had the opportunity to move out to Fife. Mm-hmm. No way did we look good on paper to take on this financial uh, this financial challenge. We just didn't qualify. Yeah. Interest rates were high. Our, our performer didn't look good. And we were staring down the stopping of yeah. this project. We had a good, a good client of mine that we sold cars to, Mr. Bill Phillip. Mm-hmm. And he was president of Puget Sound Bank back in the days. We took care of his cars. I, he became a friend of the family and of myself and uh, took care of his automobiles and – he heard of the situation because we applied. He, this was our bank. We applied with them to do this, and he caught wind of this and pulled the file, pulled it, and said, look, I know these people. They won't eat before they pay us. Mm-hmm. They won't feed themselves. I know this family. They're, they're going to pay their bills. They always have. And so he took it upon himself to go ahead and green light this project Wow! for us. And again, they made notes, the, the other bankers made notes that this is going to fail. And he goes, well, 
it's not, I got my name on it. And that opportunity opened the door for the financing for us to move out to our current location out in Fife on the freeway here at I-5. Yeah, wow. And this was the big opportunity. And from there, as you know, the growth and what happened with BMW after that exploded. And we did, we've done phenomenal. Yeah, and I'll remind our listeners, I'll let them know that the area that BMW Northwest is in is a corridor along Interstate 5 south of Seattle, about an hour in Tacoma. Uh, it's just lined with car dealers. So all the car dealers have migrated from an old place in Tacoma to here, right off the freeway. There's all the major marks there. You name it, they're there. And I remember that first building you guys put in there. I mean, it was super cool, very modern. I think it was designed by a fellow friend of ours, uh, Bruce, uh, who's an architect. Did he Was he the architect? Yes, yeah. uh, he was the lead architect on that. He was with Jim Sang at the time before he branched off. But yes, he was the lead architect on yeah. that. And you guys just went through another huge remodel of that facility, I think it was last year? Yes, there's a new corporate ID rolled out by BMW. It's one of the first dealers in the country to have this new uh, remodel for the store. And nice. uh, it turned out fabulous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I went to your grand opening. It is really spectacular. So. Well, that's really nice. You know, it's so great when somebody who does business with you trusts you enough to say, look, these guys are upright. They'll make it right. They're not going to do something they don't think they can be successful at. So awesome story. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had a a career aha moment. I like to say it's when those uh, xenon headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new idea or a new direction. Could you tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success? Well, you know, there's there's so many things here, but I had the opportunity to start selling cars, and it really started happening when we moved from Olympia to Tacoma. I moved up from working in the parts department to selling cars, which I was doing down in Olympia, and, and I was taking to it very well. I really enjoyed it. I was enthusiastic about the product, made good relationships, and then we had the opportunity to move up to Tacoma and to the the Bridgeport store, which again, it's very out of the way spot, smaller operation. But I had a desk in there and a calculator. And as soon as we opened up in Tacoma, I remember selling 10 cars in one month up there. We were even open at the mm. time. And I just had people were aware we're there in this whole flood of, of interest. And, you know, I really like the selling aspect. I, I enjoy the interaction with the customers, the product. And of course, back then for me, and it, it, I was probably what? 20 at the time, 19 mm-hmm. or 20 when I'm doing this, and uh, making a very good living at yeah. this. Yeah. And so I really I really got into the selling and the marketing aspect, and that was another another phase that, that I just loved. Yeah, very cool. Well, you know, and the other thing I thought maybe you were going to talk a little bit about is the decision to sell Mini Coopers, because when Mini came along, you were the first dealer, a Mini dealer in the state of Washington. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's another story in itself, because my, <laughs> my dad remembers these British cars going back to the day he used to work on all these things and he he wasn't all for this whole thing and I put on a very good presentation to get this this mini store uh-huh. and the first one was right here in Tacoma didn't wind up in Seattle or Bellevue wound up in Tacoma because we stepped out with a very big plan to put up a standalone store and they loved it and if they if I was crazy enough to try it they were going to let me have it and so <laughs> 
we got the franchise, and my dad. I remember we were we were sitting we were sitting. It was in the summertime, or I don't know. It was it was probably springtime. We were sitting outside somewhere, and and he goes, "This is your baby. I want nothing to do with this. Those cars are no good." And I said, "Well, it's, it's BMW stamped on. It's their yeah. car it can't be like those old cars." Yeah. And so after that, we opened up and. The product's been phenomenal, as you know, and yeah. we sold over 1,200 cars out of this store in Tacoma in one year, so wow. it was tremendously successful for us. Yeah, it's a great store. Now you've got another store up in Seattle, so you're you know, you're know having to run it up and down the corridor there a little bit, and uh, we'll talk a little bit, I think, in a moment about this rebranding that Minnie's doing, perhaps, but uh, kudos to you for, for standing up and doing that. I think that probably was a challenge because, you know, you've been working with your dad and uh, to say, hey, this is worth a gamble. I love the fact that he said, well, fine, you take it, not me. Right. That's a great moment, I'm sure. You know, it kind of leads me to my next question about proudest business moments. I'm sure you've had many with awards and things. You, you're on the LeMay board now, which is really cool for the LeMay Museum. We had David Madeira on the show here, and we've had several other people from the museum. But is there a moment in your career that really stands out for you as proudest? Well, yeah, and, and I get asked this uh, occasionally, and, and I tell you, when my dad was seeing how this business was growing and how I was leading it, he came up to me and, and had a conversation. You know what? I'm out of here. You have done a tremendous job. I'm I'm going to retire. <laughs> yeah. And this conversation we've had off and on for a long time, and, and I always taught him to kind of go out slowly, still come here and watch me like a hawk and yeah. and still want to manage the store and have that ability to come in and say that I still have an office here. And he says, nope, you've done a great job. I'm uh, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to move down to Scottsdale and be down there and I'm going to get a house uh, somewhere and somewhere else and enjoy my life. Yeah. I play golf and go fly fishing and uh, this is yours. Wow. And uh, and there was, he walked out and cleaned out his office, and he was out of here. And, and that handover, that trust that he gave me sure. to take this on by myself was, was moving. I, I always suspect he just kind of would hover over this transition, but nope. He said, this is great what you've done, the growth, and, and what we've accomplished here. I want to turn it over to you. If you need anything, let me know, and yeah. uh, just send me a check. <laughs> yeah, send me a check. There you go. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Very, you know, congratulations to you and to him for the trust there. Um, but uh, wow, yeah, it must have been a very, very proud moment. I love that. Thanks for sharing a really personal moment with us. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I know you have a lot of cool cars. You've had a lot of cool cars. And I'm not talking about the cars that roll through your dealership. I know you have a collection of some really nice cars. But what was your first really special car? You shared the story about that Volkswagen that you tore apart and worked on. But your first really special car, that car that really – something you really wanted. And maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, kind of easy because it's a BMW. It <laughs> of a, course. It was a, a 71 uh, BMW 2002 that we took in trade at uh, the store. And you know, it had work. It had transmission work and needed valve work. But I just – it was a car I just went through myself and fixed it all up and did some fun things to which, you know, you port the head and – put on different exhaust and kind of built it up a little bit and changed the carburetor and mm -hmm. uh, rebuild the transmission. And just the car got in and out of quite a bit uh, mechanically. And then I was driving quite a bit. At that time, I was commuting back from Tacoma to Olympia because I lived up here mm. and drove it a lot, had a sunroof and just was a, a tremendous driving car and drove it a lot. It's probably the car of the 
one I've probably owned the longest. Yeah. And uh, it just sticks to my mind. It's just a beautiful, fun, you know, the 2002. Oh, it's just yeah. Fun car, and, and it just gave me good service, and I love that car. Very cool. Very cool. Well, how about a car that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Well, <laughs> all right, well. I've been acquiring cars lately, so mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't gotten the, the I haven't let things loose yet. So uh-huh. <laughs> there's probably cars I should let loose. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really, you know, there's been some some cars I you know, some new cars we would have kept, but I kind of sneak some cars out of the store once in a while. Like some, we have two Z8s now that that I have that uh, we kept uh, uh, a 1M that I found. And so I, I know what some rare cars are, so I, I keep them, but. I'm sure I'll have that story, but right now I I just been collecting them and I put them away and work on them and yeah. drive them and so right now <laughs> I haven't done that yet that I have I, I was trying to think I says well what have I I just keep buying them I haven't sold them. <laughs> well good for you well you know from all the sob stories and sad stories I've heard from past guests just don't let them go because we all have those stories I had mine and many of my guests have had theirs so learn from from their mistakes just keep them if you can <laughs> right yeah well, things, start, things start running out of space There's well problem. that's true yeah i understand right. i understand well i usually ask the uh, guest at this point about current projects what has you excited for this new year and we touched on this a couple things a little bit and i want to bring up a couple points one is you know the mini rebranding is a major deal with the the launch with the super bowl ad that just happened now we're we're recording this show the day after the super bowl of course it airs about a month later so uh, for those folks listening. And then uh, this year is the centennial for BMW, 100 years. I know there's all sorts of things going on. There are new hybrid cars. And I understand there's a company here in Washington that makes some of the fi- carbon fiber components for some of their cars for lightweightness. What really has you excited right now with the brands that you're offering? Well, you're hitting a lot. You know, 100 years is going to be a big uh, a big thing for us and BMW. LeMay is going to be installing a uh, display on their main floor there, uh, celebrating the 100 years of BMW. So we've been working with them and with BMW North America to get that set up. These are big things. My relationship with the museum and the Haggerty uh, education program is a big one, too, that we're uh, going to sponsor a couple of students uh, for their scholarships to get through their programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Haggerty is an educational program to uh, develop young people to get into working on old cars yeah, and boats. Very neat. Uh, so we're really uh, working with LeMay and David and, and uh, the Haggerty people to support that. Nice. You know, I just got done driving X5e, which is the electric, uh, plug-in electric, uh, big SUV that we have. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. That's pretty cool because we've, I purchased a couple X5s from you, so maybe that's the next car I should be looking at. This is our technology that's kind of came out of the i8 and the i3 with this plug-in technology, but it's dealing with a, uh, a smaller four-cylinder engine matched up with an electric motor and the range is 19, but it's a supplement type of thing. So we're driving a big SUV with the electric motor and the gasoline engine, getting a tremendous amount of torque and power. It feels like a big six-cylinder. Mm-hmm. But when we fill the tank in under normal charge situations, we're getting 700-mile range out of our fuel tank. And in my mileage, if you can combine the average driving mode and my gasoline and my plug-in power, it is over 32 to 33 miles per gallon on this big car. Nice. And the power is amazing. And, and I... And I go out of cars here, in and out of cars quite a bit here as my as my car as my demo they right. call it. Uh-huh. And this car put over four thousand miles on, which oh, wow. is not it's not typically me. Yeah. 
and I love this thing. And I plug it in at my home in the wall socket, uh, and by the morning it's fully charged. Cool. And uh, I loved it. So I think this is some technology. Well, we're going to see it in other brands, uh, other excuse me, other cars, other models for BMW. The three series is coming out next with the same technology, mm-hmm. and the five series is coming out with this technology. So it's it's a way for us to move into this this electric world, but still keep performance of a BMW. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's very very cool. And yeah, it seems like every time I'm down at your dealership, I see you in a different car. But to hear you put four thousand miles on a car, you must have really enjoyed that. Yes, yes, yes. It was it was great. So. Very cool. I love it. Great. Well, exciting times for BMW, celebrating their centennial and Mini with a rebrand and uh, all sorts of good stuff coming on. So you- There's one other thing, too, yeah. and we have a bit of an experiment project going on up at uh, the Bellevue Square Mall, mm-hmm. and we are a pilot dealership uh, to actually put in Minis inside the mall. Oh, cool. And so we just negotiated, actually just signed the lease with that group up there, and we're going to have two or three cars inside one of the storefronts down there. Okay. And also a uh, alcove in their parking garage where you can have uh, 13 to 15 minis there right next to Tesla. They're in the mall up there too, so we're going to be in that same area with them. Okay. So this is going to be a, a sort of a pilot and try it out, and we're pretty excited way to get over to the east side in Bellevue with uh, the Mini, which we're, we're we're very excited about. Oh, absolutely. Well, as uh, listeners heard, and they know I've uh, had two Mini Coopers I bought for my daughter, and I, gosh, I think the first time I drove her off to college, uh, she went to school in Southern California, we got in the car to drive 1,400 miles, and, you know, we had the thing packed to the gills, and I, at first I was surprised how much we got in the car, mm-hmm. and then I thought, oh, this is going to be a long trip in this little car. I was shocked, and this was the first generation Mini Cooper. How nice right. it was to drive a long distance, and yeah, you know, I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blow smoke up my listener's skirts, that's for sure. But then getting the second Mini, which uh, is was the next generation, was an even better car. So uh, yeah, fantastic, fun little cars. Uh, I can't wait to see this whole new rebrand marketing that they're doing. I think that's going to be really interesting. Oh yeah. Now here's a very introspective question for you, Manfred. I love this question. If you were a car, what kind of car would Manfred be, and why? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at this question and I started laughing because you know I I thought deeply about this. Good. I couldn't come up with anything other than a BMW, so <laughs> there it is. Well, okay, I'm going to push you a little further on this question then, because I can't let you get off the hook too easily. Because I knew you'd say that. <laughs> which which model BMW would you be, do you think, that kind of fits with your personality? Well, I tell you, I keep jumping in and out of this, this car, and it's, it, it, it amazes me. Well, there's two of them that I really enjoy here. The practicality and the performance is in the, the, the 5 Series, uh, mm-hmm. the M5, yep. uh, which is an awesome car. But then the practical side of me, I have a, a backseat and trunk and, and comfort and super performance. Yeah. Or the uh, the M6 with the uh, the Grand Coupe, the four-door, which Ooh. is a gorgeous car and, yeah. and fast and, and just a, a sensible high-performance car. Yeah, it kind of well, you know. I think you answered that question right. As I know, if I as I know you, I've known you for a long time. I, you're a tall guy, and uh, I know that you know I can't see you in a tiny like I've always liked the M3 because I'm not that tall, so I like being in the small cars. But I could see you. Yeah, M5 definitely. That's you. Yep. Great choice. Ugh, awesome cars too. Fantastic. So Manfred, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. 
It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Manfred, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready to go? Yeah. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Sell used cars. <laughs> Sell used cars. Now, can you elaborate that on that a little bit? Did that come from your dad? Well, no, I, it's, it's just a, a part of the business that early on we discovered in and it's been a big part of our business, yeah. driving service business, uh, getting new customers in the store, and then our commitment to our Northwest Pre-Owned Center. To we have these tremendous trades we get, and we've been wholesaling them, and it would just take the opportunity to keep them and pass them along. So, uh, getting to that business has been very good for us throughout the store. Yeah, no, you know, and, and it has. When we were looking for a car for my son, I called uh, my favorite salesman down there and said, hey, you know how picky I am. Start looking for a car for Blake. And I was actually on my way to Monterey Car Week when I got the phone call. Blake's car's here. You got to come and get this thing. It's not going to last. And I said, I'm, I'm going to Monterey. I'm going to be gone for like a week. I, can you hold it? And he goes, uh, uh, I don't think so. It's going to be sold. And I go, well, then hide it. <laughs> and I think right. that's what they did. <laughs> so. When I came back, I stopped on my, literally my way back from the airport, picked it up, took it home. So, uh, yeah, you guys uh, get some really nice cars in, that's for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Well, it's not such a habit as just a philosophy, I guess, that uh, you know, this sounds like a cliche, but to have an open-door policy here in in this operation to access me and, and to – interface with our staffs here and I walk through the shop there's an example the other day I was walking through the shop when the technician comes up to or I walked up to him and I go how things going what's going on what are you working on here and uh, he's got this engine uh, or this this engine transmission combination dropped in the car and mm -hmm. as well it's on top of a bench and I go boy I can really use another one of these uh, engine uh, carriers here so I can drop this thing without 
balancing on a bench. Yeah. And so, done. Let's get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very accommodating to say yes for anything that we need here to do our job better. It's, it's almost like now some of the managers keep people away from me because they want all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I understand. But, but it's really a, a policy that I'll have all sorts of uh, uh, staff come in and have oper- – they want to discuss something, whether yeah. it be a vacation policy or it's uh, something they need or – Whatever it is, I will sit down and take all the time in the world because I enjoy that thoroughly. And I, my daughter calls it lurking, but I walk around the store and come up and <laughs> look over people's shoulders yeah. and see how they're doing. So there's a there's laps they do around the store that I want to interact with our staff and our team and and uh, make sure that they have everything they need. Anything they want to talk with me, it's 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 a little, a little quirky and and they're they're used to it, but. No, I think it's a great thing. I've worked at companies where the owners just lock themselves away and they can't be found and they're behind five locked doors. And it's so terrible because the employees feel like, oh, he's totally unapproachable. And to be approachable as a business owner, especially a large operation like you have, is oh so important. I can see why your daughter calls it lurking. My daughter would probably (laughs) call it the same thing, but that's a family thing. But uh, sounds like a great attribute for sure. How about a resource? I know there's lots of them out there these days, but is there one in particular you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? Well, that's another one that kind of caught me because – but I, I – again, I may be sounding trite or self-selling myself here. But you know, our staff in the longevity of who we have working here, they're a wealth of information even for me. I'm looking at old cars. I, I talked to Steve King who's been with us a long you know, 30-some Oh, my years. gosh. I know Steve. Yeah, he's awesome. And you know him. He worked on the older cars, and he knows them. So I go, I can go to him. Uh, I, I tell you, I got so much expertise with our stores and our people that, and again, I trust them. That they're my, they're my source. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they really are. So I, I, and I would challenge anyone else that has a BMW question or want to tap into this uh, is to meet some of the some of our staff here and, and team and, and see. Uh, it's just it, it's amazing the longevity that's lent to the, the the knowledge that we have here and that I tap constantly. Yeah, yeah, it's a great group of people. And again, I'm, for our listeners, I'm not just uh, saying this because I know you. I, you know, I've been there so many times and met so many of your staff. I know them all by first name, and uh, really a wonderful group of people. Now, how about a book? Is there one book in particular you've read? Could be a car book, could be a business book, could be any kind of book that you think our listeners would enjoy reading. Well, we just got we just got done with one. We have our managers occasionally read books, and this is really a short read. But it's "Companies Don't Succeed, People Do" by Bob Nelson. Mm, okay. And we've been dealing with some co- we have some coaching that's been coming in to kind of move us through our vision statement and and uh, kind of kind of define our culture here better, so we can share with our staff what our culture is. I think there's been some disconnect about – a lot of stores get this or operations or companies get this disconnect about how you want to run your store and how you want to have customers see how you run your store. So we redid our vision statement and mission statement recently and rolled this out. Nice. And it's been interesting to to have this awareness that we don't want to tell them how to do their job. We want them to kind of share us – What's the better way to do their job and get input to help us become a better company? So this has been a real a slightly cultural change for us, but it's an awareness about using our team to develop the company 
you know, sharing ideas. When we have a, a, a project, we're getting more people involved with the conversations opposed to just disseminating what we think is the right way to do things. Mm, awesome. So it's been a real, uh, and this is a very simple read. You can read it in probably about half an hour because okay. it's, a, but I tell you, it, it kind of pulled together a lot we're trying to do here. And again, sort of do the, the bottom up uh, leading. So we get our staff empowered and, and really get them comfortable about making decisions to take care of uh, whatever happens here, whatever they face. Yeah, sounds fantastic. I love it. I love it. And that's a new book that's been recommended here, so I like that as well. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great links that Manfred shared with us today on his show notes page at com slash Manfred Sharmack. And his last name is S-C-H-A-R-M-A-C-H. Good German name. Okay, yep. we are up to the checkered flag here, Manfred. And this last question can be a real doozy, especially for a collector like you. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'll buy you whatever you <laughs> would like. But you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with since you're a car dealer. You might think that trick is up your sleeve. You can't do that. You're going to have to keep this one. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, this was an easy one because I – Went down to Pebble Beach about uh, – or to the Monterey and the, the big uh, the big show week they have down there. I think it's in August. Oh, yeah. It was about four years ago, my first uh, dipping into this. And then they had the auctions. The Goodings and RM are all down there. And I wound up going to one of these big collector car auctions. And there's an M1 there. Mm-hmm. And so the BMW M1 is kind of a – it's a Italian design, very low slung, mid-engine car, very rare car. Four hundred of them were built, and very few around. But there was one there that uh, that was available, and looked at it, and went for over two hundred some thousand with commission, probably two hundred forty thousand mm. dollars. And I just couldn't bite this thing off. But yeah. that's the car. It was struck me rare, beautiful automobile, great technology. And uh, I just thought that was an incredible car. I'm still looking for them, but now they're half million, six hundred thousand dollars. I know those things were lingering for a long time, sixty, seventy grand, and then with this latest upswing in all the collector cars, it's just gone crazy, and it just continues to become unobtainium. But uh, M1, well, very cool choice. I'm glad that's the car you chose. I'll I'll start looking for you. Is there a color you'd like? Uh, white. White. Okay, <laughs> I'll make sure I find you a white one to get that shipped right over. Manfred, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I've learned some things about you, even considering as long as I've known you, which is pretty cool. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey and providing me and my family with some very nice, safe cars over the years. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that BMW M1? Well, again, we we just spent a lot of time, our staff, developing you know, our, our mission statement, I, we took a lot of time, and, and I'm kind of proud of this, and, and we came up with a mission statement, uh, our way of life, we call it, and it's loyalty, integrity, family, and excellence, so it's it's an acronym for these things, and, and this is how we've been building, how, it's, how we've been building our business, but now how we're continuing to mature it to become uh, better at what we do, mm-hmm. especially with this coaching and, and getting the staff empowered, so... This is really this mantra that we collected now and, and we've been looking at and sharing with, with our staff. And, and I think it's a good, a good business uh, a cornerstone for us, too. So that's something we work on. We're very proud of. And, and it's, it's, it's a, this is a changing document, too. Our vision statement is something we work on constantly. So yeah. 
that's that's kind of a neat thing that pulls more of our team and staff together. It's it's been a neat ride going through this. Well, I like it and I appreciate you sharing it because so much of what Cars Yeah is all about is the entrepreneurial business side of people and how they've wrapped their passion for cars into their vocation. So that's very, very cool. Sounds like you're on a great trajectory. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, we're pretty high tech. We're on all the social platforms out there. BMWNorthwest.com, SeattleMini.com, Northwest.com. There, we're all there. So mm-hmm. check us out. Uh, okay. We do all the Facebook things, and so yes, right there would be the best. Or, or you know, come in and see our operation. We're very, very proud of it. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Manfred shared with us today at carsyad.com. Just type Manfred, M-A-N-F-R-E-D, into the search bar. His very own show notes page will pop up with links to all of his companies and businesses. Manfred, thanks for taking some time out today and talking with me and to our Cars Yad listeners and for sharing your experiences with all of us. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.